1: It's
0: time. It's time. Time
1: time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone with the 49ers Web Zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian.
2: What is up, 49ers faithful? We are back with another episode of the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast. We got Brian. We got Al. I'm Zane. It's another victory podcast. And guys, we got to keep the tradition going, right? I know we said a couple shows ago that I would do the victory. So, for, for the sake of the Niners, I hope I open every single show from here on in, right, until the end of the season. So I think that uh, that, that that bodes well for the team, right? But, man, just, just a, a dominating win against Carolina, a really, really costly win in a lot of ways. We're going to talk about that. And it looks like the Niners are starting to hit their stride here. There's a lot going on in the NFC West. The Niners are in sole possession of first place for the first time in a long time, which is awesome. And it's just a really, really positive sort of vibe that was a little bit kind of had a had a cloud over it after the injury so we're going to talk about all of that and guys what are your thoughts after that dominating win
3: well the win what was, mean, so was dominating, a costly win yeah. i would say the win was so dominating it cost matt rule his job so there yeah. is that yeah there is that yeah,
1: yeah. costly for matt rule and you know costly for the niners with losing emmanuel mosley for the years is, is huge um, you know, he's such an underrated corner, and a lot of I feel the success they were having were because him and Treverius Ward have had been locked down in the secondary. Um, we're recording this on a Tuesday. They're gonna reevaluate Bosa on a Wednesday. We'll hope to God he's not out that long, you know, because he's he's as important as it gets. Um Robbie Gould we'll see as well. Um they're gonna reevaluate tomorrow. And Jimmy Ward broke his hand and TBD in terms of he's gonna have surgery when he's gonna be back. So definitely yeah. costly. But the biggest thing for me, and you know, we'll get into all of it. We the defense was the defense. We knew it was gonna be. And the offense kind of looked like the offense in the first half, but then I thought kind of changed the tide a little bit. And I thought it was a really tough, gutsy performance from them. I thought Coroppolo played played well. Um I thought Jeff Wilson and Juwan Jennings sort of set the tone. I just thought they, they played really tough. Jennings on a couple of those third down runs and Jeff Wilson was running hard. I just thought they really set a tough tone and it was other than the injuries. It was a really positive game. And does Carolina suck? Yeah, they do, but you play who's on your schedule and you're supposed to whoop up, up on a team like that. And they did.
3: Well, and I, I would argue that Carolina, while they aren't good, their defense is at least decent. And Phil snow is a coordinator who really runs some exotic things, which I thought, I thought could, really not not hinder the offense, the 49ers offense, but give Jimmy Garoppolo a little bit more to think about, which you know isn't always the best thing. Uh and then for whatever reason they fired Matt Rule and Phil Snow and their special teams coordinator, even though it is that offense that has been putrid in Carolina. And so yeah, this is a, a game that that they should have won. It was one that I thought could be closer than than it was just simply because I didn't know how this offense would perform uh, traveling across the country going against uh, a a defense that while it isn't anywhere near the top of the league does have some pass rush ability for a team that is hurting along the offensive line. <clears throat> Excuse me, Brian Burns made his presence known a lot in the game. Uh, I would love to see him in a red and gold uniform cuz I think there's going to be a fire sale in Carolina. I just imagine that they don't have the 49ers at least don't have the firepower to get any high power trade done, but there's already rumors that the bills have looked into Christian McCaffrey, which I'm like, man, they don't need any other, more help on the offensive side of the ball. They're, they're pretty good on that side already, but it's, it's really difficult to <clears throat> just like the win against Seattle. It, it's difficult to be super upbeat when. You've lost Emmanuel Mosley for the year, like you said. We've, we've. Al, uh, I will say, we're recording this on a Monday. It'll come out on a Tuesday. Oh, did I say uh, Tuesday. I never know. Yeah. Uh No worries. But uh, and yeah. So they'll reevaluate Bosa. I would, I would argue, it, don't even reevaluate him. Just rule him out against mm-hmm. Atlanta already. Let's just go ahead, get him right because it's the Chiefs after Atlanta, and that's the that's a team that you need Nick Bosa to be healthy for, and so overall obviously a dominating performance and you have to be happy the 49ers are stacking wins which is all that they can do they're above 500 now at 3 and 2 in sole position of first place like you said Zane uh, everybody in the NFC lost uh, sorry anybody in the, everybody in the NFC West lost on Sunday the Cardinals the Seahawks and the Rams Rams got dominated by the Cowboys they are looking less and less like they are a huge threat uh but you never know the the season is long but it was absolutely something that 49er fans could be excited about and proud of for what they put on the field on Sunday.
2: Yeah. And I don't want to at all take away from that performance because it was dominating and you should do that to a team that's lesser than you. If they had let the Panthers hang around for the entire game and just won by a field goal or lost the game, we would have been pretty upset about that. So I think that you're right. Like this is a team that remember a couple of weeks ago against Denver, they looked like they couldn't beat anybody right? Like they they literally looked like a team that was just totally discombobulated, couldn't move the ball on offense. The defense was great as usual, but I think that now looking ahead for at least the foreseeable future, because the, the Mosley injury is a crushing one, because I know that Jason Barrett's in the bullpen, and I know that he's getting his arm ready, and he's getting warmed up. It is baseball season, postseason, so that the baseball analogy, right? But I know he is getting ready to come in, but you can't you can't rely on him for a full game, right? he's not going to be in game shape. And I think that if they were to say activate him against, you know, th- this week, they're to say activate him against the, the Falcons and he would get some reps alongside, I would expect that maybe they would kick Lenore outside and then have Womack go in the slot because Womack has already played the slot rather than bring Ambry Thomas, who's also been kind of cold off the bench to play. I would expect that would that were to happen. And if they were to platoon Ferret and, and uh, Lenore on the outside, that would be a much like, better sort of situation. But it's just one of those things where, the Niners have such a good shot at winning the division this year. And that's not where we thought we would be right. Especially when Trey went down, we didn't think we would be there. And now several weeks later, that's just how an NFL NFL season goes. The Panthers were ranked 17th against the pass on defense. Right. So it was a middle of the pack pass defense. It's not, they're not, they're not a terrible defense all around. Right. Like we're not talking about the bottom of the league and the Niners got like almost 300 yards passing from, you know, from their, from, from their offense. So, it wasn't necessarily like, oh, you beat a bottom-feeding team. I wouldn't plan a parade, but I would say that it was a really positive step in the right direction for the team that, again, a couple of weeks ago, just didn't look like they could beat anybody. And that's that's kind of what I take it for what it is.
1: Yeah, and I think, I guess where I want to start is because when Garoppolo plays badly, you know, we're all over it. Everybody's all over it. and. He played well. This was one of the better games I can remember him playing in a while. And I thought with him, did he almost have a couple interceptions? Sure. It's kind of Jimmy, right? Um, but to his credit, he's has hundred and seven attempts this year and he's thrown one interception. And when the Niners hold on to the ball, they win. If he's not given turning the ball over and, and changing the momentum, they 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 win ball games. And right right now he's he's doing and he's playing well. And I thought this was again, I I speak to tough and gutsy I thought it was a gutsy performance from Garoppolo and the play that sticks out to me the most is when he got absolutely crushed and he throws to the outside the numbers a 50-50 ball to Tevin Coleman when when do you typically see Jimmy do something like that so I thought that was great and Coleman comes down with it funny stat on Coleman he has nine career touchdowns now as a 49er six of them have come against Carolina he owns the Panthers the week, apparently <laughs> but um yeah Coleman comes out of nowhere with a couple TVs but he was good out of the backfield, and I thought I thought Jimmy did did a good job spreading the ball around. I, he did a great job on third down. Now I think we ha- do. You have to be careful. Yeah, I mean, do we probably overreact when he plays poorly? Probably because the Niners are still going to win ten or eleven games this year. Do we overreact when he plays well? I think some people do. Uh, you know, I saw some things like, oh well, what happens now if they win the Super Bowl? Do you resign him? Let's let's calm down. Like it's one week. He played really well and he deserves all the credit for it. Now can he be consistent? Because that's kind of been the issue. We see good moments. Can he be consistent? Can he keep taking care of the football? That's the big thing. Can he come out of this season with only like seven or eight picks? I mean, that'd be sensational. If he does that, they're going to be a really good team. But all credit should go to him. There's been, he's taken a lot of shit and he's taking shit on this show. Some of it's warranted. Maybe some of it's overreaction. Sometimes, you know, we're passionate, but he played well. He deserves credit and he's going to get it from me th- this week.
3: For sure. He's currently on pace for 21 touchdowns and four interceptions, which would be the, by far and away, the best touchdown to interception ratio he's had in his career. Now, do I think he's going to get there? No. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and I would hope that, we could see that touchdown number go up a little bit as well. But honestly, you know, when, when he made that throw to Coleman, you know, I tweeted it out. I said, Hey, great throw, right? I was in between softball games. I was at a local uh, tap house eating lunch, right? Between the first softball game and the second. So I got to watch the first, uh, the first offensive. Well, I've got to watch the first two offensive drives and the first defensive three and out. But, uh, and then I came home and, and watched the game that I had recorded. But, you know, you've got to give Jimmy Garoppolo props. And that's the thing, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, especially on social media, right? Which is where a lot of our presence is. Um, you know, they misconstrue being critical of a player with hating a player, right? And I think reality is if you if you can only be critical about a player, then a hundred percent that's hate, right? And and there are people on, on 49ers Twitter who will only be critical of Jimmy Garoppolo. And and to me, that's hey sure be that way but ultimately that's there, there's no that's not balanced right you've got to give him his flowers when he earns his flowers and he earned his flowers this week right he didn't turn the ball over did he have some turnover worthy plays sure but you know, every quarterback in the league has turnover worthy plays every game right that's let's not let's not Let's not sugarcoat it. Josh Allen leaves plays on the field, Pat on the field, Patrick Mahomes leaves plays on the field. You know, all these quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers leaves plays on the field. So, you know, the things that we that we get on Jimmy for are things that other quarterbacks do as well. The question is, can he be more consistent with with performances like this past Sunday, or even arguably his performance the previous Monday night, right? Which wasn't spectacular, but it also was more than enough to win because with this defense even with some of the injuries this defense is going to continue to play as well as we've seen because of the depth that they have in the secondary you know zane you talked earlier about you know what are they going to do on the outside well the one thing that you we also have to think about and he hasn't done it with the 49ers but womack played outside in college that was his position he wasn't a slot cornerback they just i think drafted him with that idea because he was essentially a clone a physical clone of kwan williams but with four three speed womack is a much faster player than lenore and so i think if you could keep lenore inside so that he isn't getting exposed on the outside with not that he's a slow player but he 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 timed in the i think the high four fours whereas womack was in the four threes and and womack is comfortable out there and so You've got Womack, you've got Ambry Thomas, you've got Dante Johnson. The barnacle is still here, guys. Let's not forget about him. <laughs> and you've got Jason Verrett, who I still think would they can just ease him in. His 21-day practice window opened last week. And so he's going to have this week and next week before they have to make a decision. I would imagine that they're probably not going to activate him this week. I don't I don't think that would be smart just because he hasn't, he's had one full speed practice so far, mm-hmm. but if they can get him activated and acclimated and then will Wom- uh, a combo of Womack and Johnson and Ambry Thomas can hold down that side, because we know that at this point, no one's going to try Charvarius Ward side with those other guys. You know, most that was the thing is Mosley Mosley allowed, uh ward to, you know other teams to basically pick their poison now they're probably going to pick on that side so you know we got to see and, and they're going against a, a falcons team this week that isn't great in the passing game really really good in the running game and i think it's going to be an interesting uh dilemma for the for the defense but you know this defense uh just a couple things that i thought were cool uh the 49ers defense didn't allow a touchdown in the first half for their fifth consecutive game marking the first time that they accomplished that feat since 2011. Um, and this marks the first time in franchise history that the defense did not allow first half touchdown in the first five games of the season and the first time among all NFL teams since Carolina accomplished the feat in 2013. Okay? The 49ers posted six sacks and then seven sacks the previous game. Uh, it's the first time since weeks one and two in 1985 that they had back-to-back games with six or more sacks. And with 13 sacks in weeks four through five, it marked the most sacks registered by the team in a two-week span since weeks one and two in 1985 when they had 15 sacks. So, again, we are talking about a historically good defense franchise-wise uh, for this team. And, and as long as Jimmy Garoppolo can play like he did this past Sunday or even the Monday night before, this team's going to win a lot of games.
1: And 13 different 49ers have sacks right now. Bosa leads the team with six, but then a total of 13 and 21 yeah. sacks through through five games is the most since 1998. So, yeah, doing yep. some historic stuff. And, you know, we, we talked about Garoppolo, another person, conservative Kyle, right? Well, Kyle went for it on a fourth down mm-hmm. and it paid off. And, and look, the biggest thing for the Niners, I thought, in this game, it got the score was 17 to nine in the third quarter. Right. Bosa's out. Carolina's got some momentum. McCaffrey gets that touchdown. I don't know why rule went for two. Didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I I understand the analytic thought behind it. I thought it was idiotic, but anyway, it's 17 to nine. So did David Tepper.
3: But what'd you say? So did David Tepper.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. That was when he was probably like, yeah, you're, you're done buddy. But we've seen the Niners and we've talked about it. The Niners have the offense has to come down and pick the defense up. Right. You got to mm-hmm. get the momentum back. Jimmy's got to make a play. Kyle's got to stop being so conservative and, and push the envelope. And they all did it. Soon as they scored the touchdown Niners go down and go back up 24 to nine games over. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was just the biggest thing to me because they scored it. And I'm like, all right, man, if the offense doesn't do something, this could be another one of those games where it's just, it's too close, closer than it should be at the end. Or God forbid, they actually lost the game and they didn't. They came out, they went right down the field. Kyle's not being conservative. And then they just took a stranglehold on the game. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. I, I like that mentality. I just like the whole mentality this week. It was tough. It was aggressive. I was just really happy with with the approach from Kyle and the team. I really was.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
2: Yeah, I think uh, so I'm I'm gonna give Jimmy his flowers in a second, but I I really wanna talk about to me what was the turning point of the game. So the Niners were up ten three right before half. They had just had the field goal blocked by uh Robbie Gold had his field goal blocked, which by the way, the special teams, they're not right. Like they were awful. They were awful in this game. Yeah, they really gave bad. two two long kick returns on which Gold had to make two tackles and he got hurt on the second one. They had another block kick, so the second one in the past four weeks, which just ties a career high for Robbie Gold. He's never had more than two kicks blocked in the season, and on top of that, like you know, Rayburn Ray McCloud has not been has not been very good. Like he's he's been again totally underwhelming. So I think the special teams Schneider needs to get that team that that unit fixed. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on in the kicking game. We'll see what happens with the kicker, wh- whoever they bring in. Wisnowski is not a solution to kick field goals. Like that was just an emergency thing. So they're going to bring a kicker most likely this week and try some guys out. But just a a really bad game overall from special teams. But that being said. The turning point for me was after that blocked field goal, right? Where the, the Panthers get the ball back and it's 10-3 and, you know, they have a chance to tie this thing up. And right then, Baker Mayfield gets pressured, overthrows a receiver, and Emmanuel Mosley comes down with the interception and subsequently picks six. So again, for the second straight game, your defense at a pivotal point in the game scores for you and essentially flips that game. And when you're getting your defense to do that and when it's, when it's doing that for your offense, it's just it makes it easier on that on that offense and the special teams than anybody else who's, who's str- kind of struggling to get going. So I'm hoping that they can keep that up, and it's just too bad that mostly like, that was his hometown game, right? Like, his family was there, his friends was there. Same with Debo as well, right? We'll get to it in a minute. But, yeah. you know, he, he tore his ACL in front of his family, which sucks, and it, that's just mm-hmm. even more of a gut punch. But to me, that was the turning point in the game is when they kind of, like, were able to put some distance between them and Carolina because it was kind of like, you know, in flux at that point, and then there's offense. But they were looking okay, like you said, Al. They had not really hit their stride yet, and it was still a close game. And then when, boom, seven right there before the half, and that, to me, put it out of reach, and and that was the biggest moment of the game.
3: By the way, Zane, I want to jump in real quick because I thought this was cool. Um, For a team that has really struggled to turn the ball over since Kyle Shanahan has been there, uh, since 2019, the 49ers are tied with the Patriots for most uh, interceptions returned for a touchdown uh, with eight. Wow. They have eight interceptions returned for a touchdown since 2019, which again is impressive for a team that really has struggled to turn the ball over. So I thought that was cool. How many of those are against the Rams? Yeah, I was going to say seven. (laughs) I
2: think
3: there's at least three.
2: At least, at least it's gotta be three because it's Warner and then Funga. And I'm I'm sure there's another one somewhere.
1: Ward had one or two. I know Ward had one.
2: Yeah, Ward had one yeah. too. So it's at least yep. so almost half of them are against the yeah. Rams. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like uh, they they keep throwing at Mooney Ward. I don't know why they keep doing that. He has he's tied for the league being in pass breakups. He has he has the lowest completion percentage allowed since he, basically 2019 of any corner. So I think that that was a home run. That was a home run pickup. We talked about that in the offseason. That has been a fantastic pickup. Arguably the the best pickup this offseason for for any team because any team. because of how well he's played. But, I mean, I think, again, like going back to the offense, like this is what you get when you get good Jimmy, right? We don't know what Jimmy we're going to get. He's wildly erratic, and he, he played really, really well. And when he was playing like this in 2019, they were able to ride this all the way to the Super Bowl. Like, is it enough to get you over the top? I don't know. Probably not. Like, he's going to have to make more plays. But to be able to win a game where your defense is playing well and losing some guys, and your offense kind of has to stem the tide. He, he, he did a really good job. He found Jennings several times. Like, Jawan Jennings has been an absolute just upgrade over Kendrick Bourne, I feel like. And he's been a tough runner, tough after the catch. Found him a, a several times on third down to get first downs. They were really good on third down. And uh, here's a stat for you guys. So um, in minimum 50 starts, there are only two quarterbacks that have, and I know QB wins, whatever, right? Like, QB went 35 wins. And a rating over 95. There are two quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. Number two, number two is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo. So take that for what you will. I mean, when, they, when he plays, they win at an overwhelmingly large rate. And I don't know what it is. Uh, credit to Kyle. Like I tweeted out that this was probably his best call game all year. He was fantastic. I have zero complaints. You know I've been critical of Kyle on the show. I have zero complaints about how Kyle called this game. There were bootlegs. There were screen passes. The pass to Coleman you near know, the screen pass to Coleman you near know, the goal line was fantastic. There's a screen pass later on the use check where they needed a big third down, the defense was actually overcommitting and Kyle exploited that. Fantastic job by Kyle. And I really hope that they can actually, you know, build on this and and go forward and, and kind of hit their stride here. Because again, two weeks two weeks after this, it's a big one against Kansas City.
1: Yeah, and I wanted I wanted to talk about that just a little bit what you said about in terms of the offense doing more, but I wanted to throw out some stats on the two guys I talked about earlier, Jennings and, and Jeff Wilson. So, Jennings right now has 10 catches this season. Seven of them have gone for first downs. And you saw how physical he ran to get a couple of those first downs in this last game and he has been very Kendrick Bornish, right? Like he's not putting up mm-hmm. huge numbers, but he he gets those big one or two big catches a game that you need and they needed that kind of role player. Um the other one is Jeff Wilson who He's currently seventh in the NFL with 375 yards rushing. In the four games since he became the starter, he's got 353 yards on 65 attempts. That's 5.4 yards per carry. And now his 19 total TDs um, are the most for any 49er except Debo Samuel since 2018. So to be a really good team, you know, we know about Debo, we know about Ayuk, Kittle. Usually, you need these other kind of role players to step up and, and do things, and, and these two guys have and. When Mitchell comes back, you know Mitchell's hurt a lot. I don't think the Niners are going to give him twenty carry carries. You would think they're going to seeing what they've seen from him injury wise. You would think they'll still get Wilson involved, and that's going to be a really good one-two punch. Those those guys have been really good. But Zane, to your to to your point, what you said earlier, the Chiefs played the Bucks. What was it two weeks ago? That game. Mm-hmm put up 41 or 40, put up over 40 on them. The Bucks have only given up 42 points in the other four games combined. Mm-hmm. So like you're seeing when you play these big teams, your chiefs, your bills, I don't know if there's really anybody like that in the NFC, maybe the Eagles, maybe, you know, but I, they're not on the chiefs and bills level, but at some point, yeah, if, if we're talking championship here, this offense does need to do st- still does need to, to be consistent and and do a little bit more and they don't need to throw 400 yards. It's not their game. They can do that with running or whatever else, but they need to score points like they did this week. Um, And I was glad to see Kittle get involved early. He did have the fumble and then they kind of went away from him. I hope that's sort of a baby step for him getting more involved into the offense again. We'll see, but it's going to be very, very important for this team to score you just score thirty five a game, but you know high twenties. They 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 really need to be there, and they need to get there consistently. And hopefully, this was a step towards that.
2: The funny well, thing is, sorry, Brian, real quick. The funny thing ahead. is, is that uh, the, I like I like how they involve Kittle right away because it's almost like Kyle heard us yelling right, like about about Kittle and involving him. But
1: I think there I was think, enough to chatter. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah.
2: I think and I and I like that they designed play specifically for him. Get that confidence up. Get that chemistry with Jimmy back up again. But. It's, it's interesting that they, they were able to move the ball pretty well on offense without really getting Debo too involved. He only had about 40-plus 40, 40 total yards. He did have the touchdown, but he wasn't nearly as much of a factor as he's been even last week against the Rams. And to be able to do that without getting your best offensive player right now, your best offensive player the ball, I think that's pretty impressive. And it, it kind of goes to show that this offense can kind of win in, in a lot of ways, and I think that's how they are going to win. I don't necessarily think it's going to be one guy that's going to carry them, but I think they're at their best when it's kind of like a by committee sort of thing. Like, Hey, this week it was Jeff Wilson that killed you next week. It could, and also Tevin Coleman as well, to, to his, to his credit next week, it could be Juwan Jennings on third downs or Ayuk or Kittle or whoever it may be. And I think that that's when they're at their best is when it's kind of that sort of format for this offense.
3: Yeah. They had a uh, seven different players, uh tally a reception, which again, when you're spreading the ball around like that, you know that this offense is, is, is clicking on all cylinders, uh, the leading receiver was Ayuk with 58 yards total uh, in a game where they threw for 253. The thing that I like to see, and I think the thing that is going to be tantamount to this team succeeding as the season progresses, is the running game really starting to to really kind of click and fire on all cylinders as well. Um, they Jeff Wilson had 17 carries for 120 yards, which is 7.1 yard average, which obviously he's impressive. Obviously that's buoyed by his 41-yard uh run, but that's back-to-back weeks where Jeff Wilson has set his career high in a in a run, right? Last week he did it against the Rams and he he upped it this week against against the Panthers. But the those other touchdowns thing that I thought with Mitchell, right? Those are touchdowns with Mitchell and that's yeah. and, and and you're right. Like when Mitchell comes back, he's still going to be the lead back because more than anything, he can, he can hit those home runs. He's the home run hitter. Kyle Shanahan wants chunk plays in the running game just as much as he wants chunk plays in the passing game. And, and you got to have a guy with, with more elite top end speed in order to do that. But, you know, Wilson is still an, an adequate fill in uh, until mm-hmm. Mitchell returns. But the other thing is that on, on the defensive side of the ball, they are the, the one, to me, the one area where I thought the team could struggle is against the run without, you know, with the loss of DJ Jones um, now with Armstead on, uh, on IR with, with Kinlaw ailing, right. You think, Oh man, like they're, they're going to get run on. And this game, they gave up a total with, again, with a team with Christian McCaffrey, they gave up 64 yards total when they had gained 153 on the ground. And over the course of this season so far, They've only allowed 357 yards total over five games uh, for a 3.0 3. yards per attempt average on the ground. So they have been elite defending the run. And a lot of that is due to Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, who have been nothing short of incredible uh, in the linebacking core. So, again, I want to give them their flowers as well because – This defense isn't where they're at, and this run defense isn't where it's at if those guys just aren't tackling machines. Uh, I believe Greenlaw leads the league in tackles, uh, and he and Warner are the third and fourth-ranked linebackers on PFF league-wide. So, hey, an embarrassment of riches on the defensive side of the ball with Hufunga and our linebackers and our ends and our corners. Like This defense is so fun, man.
1: Yeah. And you mentioned too, with, with the ball being spread around, you know, Debo didn't have a good game this week at all. He had nine targets. He only had two catches and he had a couple drops that weird one in the end zone where it kind of looked like, I don't know if he stopped running or got crossed up. And then he's also not running the ball with him. Like they were, he had two carries in this game for 12 yards, only two carries for two yards the previous week. And, Five carries for six yards against Denver, so it seems like teams are starting to really get on Debo running the ball. I'd like to see Kyle do more with him, like he did when. Remember in 2019, they would do the Super Bowl or the, the Super Bowls, the sweeps like he did in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see maybe get a little bit more creative with Debo runs like that, as opposed to just you know having it in the backfield type thing um, here and there to mix it up. But yeah, that's that's you know Debo did to have his fastball. Kittle was involved early and then wasn't, but you still had guys stepping up. You still had guys making plays. Tevin Coleman off the street. Jennings, Wilson, you know, Brandon Ayuk led the team in receiving. So to have all these, the Kyle Shanahan can go to so many different places. That's why it's so maddening. That this team can't score consistently or had it up until this week. Cause there's so many mouths that you can feed in so many guys that can make plays when your top players maybe aren't having their best day.
3: Well, and just like the Rams, you know, you have that opening drive where you're like, Oh yeah. Like here we go. Right. They, they march yeah. down the field. They score a touchdown and then halftime hits, and that offense has scored ten points. You're yeah. like, what? Where is the offense from the opening drive? Like, where does that go? And and I think it, it kind of goes to, um, you know, what does Kyle Shanahan? I think one of the things that he struggles with is he's elite at scripting the beginning of the game. Obviously, yeah. like the, the yeah. more often than not, this team scores points on their opening drives, but it seems to stall out in in the rest of the first half until. You can start to make some adjustments at halftime and so again I'm wondering like is is there you know is it still trying to get used to this new coaching staff and and these new lieutenants that he has that you know he can't lean on Mike McDaniel he can't lean on Mike LaFleur like he's still trying to get used to coordinating and calling an offense without those guys I don't know I don't know if the first half struggles have to do with that but they're there and they're they haven't gone away yet. So that's one of the things that I'm interested to see is as the season progresses, are we going to see a more potent offense in, in the first half, or are we going to continue to get some of these real clunker offensive performances uh, in the first half? Cause again, 10 points, not great. Right. I mean, they went into halftime with 17, but that's because of Manny Mosley. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
2: So, I mean, in all fairness, they did have, they had the ball, I believe four times in the first half, there were four or five possessions they scored on half of them. And they had a blocked field goal, right? So they they True. really should have had 13 points, but I, I totally get what you're saying because it does seem like there's, there is a lack of rhythm after the first drive. Mm-hmm. Like there, you will find very few people that are better than Kyle in the first 15 plays of the game. Like he is absolutely like best of the best in the first 15 plays of the game. And they will, they, they will get points in that time. And to me, it's to the point where it's like, okay, I'm counting plays, right? I'm like, okay, are you at at 15 yet? Or sometimes he might script 18 because like three plays will be like, whatever, like you just throw those those away, right? So the first 15 to 18 plays, I'm like counting. I'm like, okay, this is play number 20. Okay, we should probably expect like a downturn now. And I think a lot of it is just because when your offense is struggling to move the ball, a lot of the times you get back to the basics, right? Like throwing little small screen passes, dump offs of the running backs, relying on your running game, things like that that they're just not really able to do right now because they don't have health uh, on the offensive line. And and we we talked about Trent Williams a few weeks ago when he went out. That That is the biggest loss, arguably, on any offensive line, on any team in the league because he is the, the league's best left tackle. So when you're kind of trying to stem the tide here, I, I expect it to be this way until they can kind of get some, some health there. But, again, Brunskill's coming back as well, working his way back in. So I think that there is going to be a little bit of a transition time. But – they were able to kind of give a glimpse of what they can be in the second half right there's that drive where jimmy had the the scramble for the touchdown and then he threw a touchdown later on that drive so he went from pick six and safety on the same drive the same play to scramble for a touchdown and throw for a touchdown on the same on the same drive as well it was kind of funny but guys i want I, I do want to talk about the defense a little bit just because man they are they are so good and they are so deep at every position and Granted, like you there will be a drop-off for Nick Bosa's out, obviously, right? There'll, there'll be some sort of drop-off. We can expect that. But Drake Jackson got a sack. Fungal got his first career sack. Hassan Ridgway has been fantastic filling in in the middle, stopping the run and, and rushing the passer from the inside. He had a sack against Kevin Givens as man. well. Mm-hmm. Kevin Givens has been fantastic as well. He's been he's been there for a few years and been doing uh, like a quiet unsung hero. And to me, like that is where their defense wins is when they create pressure it allows their defensive backs and linebackers to kind of make plays and, and guys like Kofunga to make plays. So that's going to be the interesting thing for me to see going forward is will the D-line be able to get pressure? Now, Domingo Ryans doesn't blitz a lot, right? Like we know this, like he typically doesn't bring a lot of pressure. They blitzed a fair amount in this game, and they were able to get home on over 50% of their, their, their blitzes. So it's going to be interesting to see if they blitz more as a result of not having the extra pass rush. But I do want to point out, guys, that it's, it's week five is done with now, right? There's 12 games plus playoffs and hopefully a Super Bowl left for the 49ers. But you got that with D'Amico Ryans, and that's it because he is absolutely getting a head coaching job next year. So it's kind of like feels like it like they did with Salas last year. And I hope they can make something of it because D'Amico Ryans, again, I, I think he's the best coach on the staff, but this is it, right? You got 12 regular season games with him and playoffs, and that's it. And he's gone. So I really hope they can do something with them this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, the defense has given up three touchdowns in the last four games. That's it, right? No, two touchdowns in the last four games. They gave up one to Denver and one to Carolina because mm-hmm. the one against Seattle was a special teams touchdown. I and mean,
3: and in, the, in that same t- uh, time span, they've scored two.
1: Yeah, they had actually yeah. outscored the Niners' offense at halftime of this game, 14 to 13 in the last four quarters. Like that's, that's how good this, <laughs> this team has been. Now, like you said, we're going to find out because I do, I, I said this in the last show. I think the difference this year between other years has been the secondary because you had E-Man and Ward because you had Hufunga making, you know, ball hawk type plays. Now with the E-Man not there, we're going to see, you know, obviously Bosa, assuming Bosa is, is going to be back sh- at least short order. We're really going to see. When you play against Patrick Mahomes, are, are they going to pick on Lenore or whoever's out there? We're going to find out. That's not to say that, you know, they're going to do poorly. I still think they're going to be a good defense, but I don't know. I don't know that any defense can keep up with what they're doing right now. They've been so dominant. But, yeah, Ryan's, I thought Carolina was going to hire him at halftime, <laughs> you know.
3: <laughs> 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 did did he
2: make it on the play? Can we confirm that he
1: made yeah, it, it on we, the yeah, plane? Are
3: you sure he's there? Is he at so the I, Greenbrier right now? I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> it's only a kick.
4: Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer.
1: I do want to, I saw this today and this was from uh, Rob Greer from Niners Nations put this up. And this is the thing that has been consistent with Shanahan, I don't know if it's, i don't know whose fault it is. I don't know if it's on anybody's fault. I don't know if it's fluky stuff. I don't know what it is. But the Niners have been 2017 the tenth most injured team, 2018 the fourth most injured team, 2019 the sixth most, 2020 the most, 2021 the third most. Um, and certainly this year they're injured like everybody's injured. It seems like so. Again, I just I don't know why this is happening. I don't know if it's just bad luck, but at some point it takes its toll on you and they've done a really good job. As long as the quarterback hasn't been out winning anyway. Um, Especially with the offensive line, we just see with tackles going out and they seem to not really miss a beat, but at some point it's going to take its toll. And if you, when you have Kinlaw Armstead and Bosa out and they still played the way they did, I mean, that was like, wow. But, when you get against better teams, eventually it's going to catch up with them. And I just this injury thing is so frustrating, man. It's like you just every play now, like I just cringe. Like I just it's tackle football. And I see somebody get tackled and I cringe. I'm like, who's hurt now? Like, that's how bad it is. Like, that's like what the PTSD is with it. Every time you see somebody go down, you're like, oh, they're hurt. Because it just seems to happen constantly for this team. It's so frustrating.
3: And can can we can we get artificial turf out of the NFL? I don't understand. Right. i just do not understand what is happening like how many marquee players or important players need to go out with knee injuries because of artificial turf for these owners to do something about it if the green bay packers in green bay wisconsin can afford to have grass every other stadium in the nfl can afford to have grass let's let it let's let's get this out of the nfl and let's move on because it is it is taking sometimes careers and that's unacceptable it's just unacceptable let's get rid of it right when you lose a superstar like obj in the super bowl to a knee injury because of the artificial turf and that doesn't that doesn't make you you know take a step back and be like nah, maybe we should do something about this i just don't know what will but that a hundred percent. If I'm the players association, the next uh, collective bargaining agreement negotiation we have, I'm, I'm bringing that up and I'm saying, listen, here's one of our, here's one of our non-negotiables, if you will. And it's either a pay us a boatload more money and give us better, uh, you know, better uh, medical uh, benefits for the rest of our lives. Right. Uh, Or, or something, but It's either get rid of this or, or, or do something major for us. So that's, that's the frustrating part, but you're right out I just the type of injuries they are feel like there's not a whole lot they could do about it. Right. Like it's not a ton of soft tissue injuries. Like, like they're not training well, or they're not conditioning well, or whatever the case may be. A lot of it is broken bones, you know, torn ligaments, things like that, which are freak plays. And speaking of why is Jimmy Ward on special teams? Why is he playing special team snaps? Why is Robbie Gold on the kickoff team? Why isn't Mitch Wisnowski on the kickoff team? Why are you putting some of your important players, players that are difficult to replace, on special teams? That doesn't make sense to me either. That was weird. It was weird that Gold went out to do kickoffs with Schneider here anyway. And now all of a sudden it's like he had to make two tackles. Robbie Gold is old, man. Get him (laughs) off the field for anything but – point afters and and field goals so yeah i, I like he, like you said it i mean it's 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 crazy i asked on twitter a couple of weeks ago like have we checked to see if you know if if levi stadium is built on some kind of cursed ground because it sure seems like the 49ers are always one of the most injured teams and it just doesn't make any sense because like i said it largely is looks like luck and it's like how do you how do you account for that? I don't know.
2: Yeah, I was listening to 95.7 The Game, who is uh, also on the Odyssey Network, and this is a good time to remind everybody that the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast is on the Odyssey Network. You can find us uh, on uh, the nation's second largest radio network. Um, but they were talking about the same thing, and they pointed out, it was uh, Willard and Dibbs, their show, I believe, that I was listening to, and they pointed out that there's different there's different types of field turf. It's not just one type of field mm-hmm. like, turf. There's a different, there's a different surface in New Orleans than there is in Dallas. And there's a different surface in Detroit than there is in Minnesota. Like, it's just, there are different types of field turf that people play on. And they're all, they have different sorts of fields and different sorts of softness and different lengths and all sorts of different stuff, different bases. And it's not even a uniform surface. Like I, to your point if green Bay can have grass, why does Carolina have, have turf? Right. Why does, right why does Tampa Bay have turf? Like you, the other two Florida teams have grass. I, I I don't, I don't understand. Like if Jacksonville and Miami have grass, why does Tampa Bay have turf? It just doesn't make any sense. And the Niners, it, it, it's really troubling to me because they play the majority of their games on grass, right? Like all their home games, the eight home games are on grass. And you can say that like, well, they'll play like Seattle two times and, and that's, that's on turf and, and, you know their other divisional opponents, like the Rams, are on turf as well. Arizona's Arizona's on grass as well, right? So they'll play that game on grass. But that being said, it just boggles my mind. The NFL, like nobody comes here to see a third string quarterback play. There are several teams that are onto the third their third quarterback now because of head injuries, right? And it's not because oh, like people think of the like concussions and they're like oh, it's a helmet that I'm a hit. No, a lot of the times it's guys banging their head on the turf when they get hit. And to me, like. That that in, alone should tell you, like, all right, NFL, let's do something to keep our players safer. And they just don't, they don't care about player safety, right? We saw it with the, the Tua injuries, both concussions. Like, they don't care about player safety. And to me, Al, I feel the exact same way that you do. That anytime anybody goes down, like, as soon as Mosley went down, I'm like, that's an ACL. Yeah. Right. Last year, Verret went down ACL first game of the season in Detroit, right? And Mostert got hurt as well on turf. Year before on turf year before that, 2020, bosun and Solomon Thomas on turf on that awful, on awful Giants slash Jets surface.
3: And then the next week, Jordan Reed on the same surface. Mm. Same
2: surface. And it's just, it's just unbelievable how the NFL, like you have a product and fans pay good money to see your superstars. It is a superstar-dominated league. Do something to keep your players safer on the field. And it's just I, – I, every time the Niners play on turf, I'm holding my breath. And it's not—it's another sort of, you know, it's—it's they're—they're top of the league in injuries every year. I don't know what it is; it's bad luck. But at least what we can say is that Kyle's used to used to this, right? He's used to having a team. A lot of practice. Because look at this. Look at look at the defensive starters they are out right now, guys. It's Bosa, Armstead, Kim Law, Aziz is out as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Ward, now Manny mm-hmm. Mosley, and who am I missing? Uh, am I missing anybody?
1: That was like mm. seven people. So I hope not
2: don't yeah. like six, six on the
3: defensive side of the ball. Yeah. yeah.
2: Six of six your starters are out now. Yeah. So to me, I, I think that what they need to do right now is you got to get through this Atlanta game. I think we'll have a pre- preview later on this week of this game, but I think it'll be a much closer game than the Carolina game was just because your defense is, is wounded right now. And you don't know what you have right now on your defensive line. They're going to have to stem the tide. But to me, it's like you got to get to that bye week, right? The Kansas City game—I don't know if anybody's expecting to win that, no matter what. Even if they were healthy, it would be a tough ask because of what the, what Kansas City's been doing. But just get to the bye week. Bosa's not going to play this week. I don't think he's going to play against Kansas City because groin injuries typically take several weeks to heal. Just get to the bye week, and on the, the second the the backside of that bye is when you can start bringing some of these guys back, like Verret, right? Activating them, drink like you know you can activate them before the bye. That's fine. And then get in the bye to get healthy, and then you can you can kind of reset after that. So I'm hoping they can just get in the bye, get this win against Atlanta, stack it stack it. Whether you lose against Kansas City or not, it doesn't matter at that point. Get in the bye, get healthy, well, and then back at it.
1: They got the Rams to remember, before they go to the bye. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty sure the Rams are coming off a bye. Yeah. In yeah. that week. I think.
3: Possibly, um, it's possible. I would like to point out though that the Chiefs That's did lose that. to the Colts, and I don't know if you watched that Colts Denver game on Thursday, but yikes! So it is really the NFL. Really, is any given Sunday, right? As cliche as it sounds, yeah. So you know there is the. Let's be honest. Even with the injuries, this defense is still playing at at a level that is tops in in the league, and you know the Chiefs haven't faced the defense like the 49ers yet and they haven't faced a pass rush like the 49ers yet so Mm -hmm. you know the Tampa Bay defense the Tampa Bay defense is is good it is but at the same time you know Patrick Mahomes tears apart zone defense a lot and that's a lot what Bowles runs and so and Bowles runs what he runs and he doesn't really adapt too much outside of that. So, you know, it will be interesting. And, and, and like you said, Al, really it's, it's going to come down to can the offense keep pace? And I don't know. That, that Chiefs defense isn't great. Their pass rush isn't great. I think teams with good pass rushes are really what's going to give this team, this offense troubles right now with, with mm-hmm. the way that the offensive line is and the injuries they have there. Uh, but the Chiefs to a certain extent don't. I mean, it's, it's decent. I'm not saying it's bad, but, um, it's, it's not anything to, to write home about, so uh, it'll be interesting to see, but the first, the first step is to get through this Atlanta game uh, healthy, right, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then get back home and, and see where we're at. Definitely.
1: All right, guys, we've got the preview show coming up. It is a big game. Atlanta can't take them lightly. Can't take them lightly, you know. They've been, they've been in some games. They they played really tough with Tampa this past week. So, oh, we got to talk about. We'll save it for next show, but I want to talk about the roughing the passer call on Brady too, because oh my shit.
3: goodness, oh man, for awful. All right,
1: they, guys. They,
2: they felt bad for him. They're like, oh, his marriage is dissolving, so let's let, let's give him a little give. Tom Brady.
1: <laughs> Feel bad for Tom Brady. <laughs> it's The most charmed, luckiest twenty-year career I've ever knowing me started. <laughs> go, go, go. I know my rule. I don't feel bad for people with significantly more money than me, dude. There you stop. go. I don't feel go. bad. There you go. Whatever. Anyway, all right. Before we go off on a tangent, for Zane and Brian, this is out. Please later.